Okay. The following is an introduction to an interview that I did Sunday night after... After what? What are you doing? Ooh. There's blood in the sheets. Shut up. <laughs> Please start that over. Your eyes drooping. I know. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Okay, the following is, well, we just got back from uh, moving Vanessa. That was that was a that was a dream come true, and uh, oh, she's gonna get mad at the fact that you just said Vanessa. <laughs> just just FYI, you might want to start over. <laughs> I'm gonna stop. Okay, just I'm forewarning you, but. Let's go. Yeah, so, it was an endeavor for sure. And then we had dinner at Carmelita's, and it was a crazy free for all. We got there right and right on time because all of a sudden, just got packed with fatties out the door, and they all had like some of those. And like, that we weren't talking about me. Oh. And some, you know, some of those fatties with like the the dagger tattoos on the back of their calves and those oh, those gosh. types. Yeah. So. Uh, Tonight was white trash Saturday. And then the, and then the waitress Sunday. was new, and she was uh, checking on us every 17 seconds to make sure and we were apologizing. doing... And apologizing. But nevertheless, it was good. And I, But my lady's starting a new job tomorrow on top of her, her current position as a medical courier. And so it seems fitting that uh, there just seems to be blood everywhere. There's just blood everywhere. And uh, so she's fulfilling the, uh, she's fulfilling the holy trinity of, of, of uh, medical courier slash, uh, mortuary transport specialist, to, um, some kind of well, out and out cemetery ghoul. A cemetery ghoul, is that where we are? That's yeah, where you are. That's where you are. You're a succubus. <laughs> JK, JK, LOL. <laughs> anyway, this is the interview. And my lady is starting a fascinating new job, okay? And all I'm going to tell you is, that's why, I name, that's why I'm going to name the episode Bringing in the Dead, okay? Now, here we go. Here goes the interview. Okay, tell me the, tell me the real reason you're starting this new job tomorrow. First of, all, first of all, give us a little bio. Tell us who you are. Tell us where you were born. No, we San Jose? talked about that before. Should I guess? Oh, yeah, I guess. Is it San Jose? Mm-hmm. How'd you know? Okay. <clears throat> and you graduated from Chachilla High. No, I wish I did. I had to go get a generic GED in 2008. So I could apply for other meaningful jobs that I never was able to accomplish either. <laughs> so, 16 years later? 17 years later? 
would have been it 17 years later. Well, you would have been in the class of what, 92? Yeah. Okay, so 16 years later. 16 years later, I'm applying for a mortuary. No, 16 years later, you got your GED. Oh, yeah. Applying for state jobs. I either couldn't pass the interview. Wait, 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 wait. So, you wanted to do what kind of state job? Like a CO? CHP or CO. And why? Why CHP or CO? Because they paid almost five grand a month. You, you're going to do it for the money? Yeah, and I thought I can put up with a lot of abuse. Did you do it because you wanted to be abused? No, I just thought I could handle the job. But what about those specific? Because the very correctional officer and CHP are very, uh, they're very similar, you know, in many regards. I wanted a job that I could take care of my family by myself if need be. Why not be a firewoman? I don't like fire. Well, no, neither do f- people yeah, that work at the fire department. Yeah, voluntarily. You don't even get paid for them. Firemen, they get paid. Yeah, but not when you volunteer. Well, see, that's a trick. When you go apply, make sure you check the right box. No, I you don't, don't want to be a fireman. So. No, I'm just saying you want to do something to help your family. But what, you know, there's just a very uh, similar, there's a similar subtext to being a CHP and a correctional officer, right? Obviously, because right. they're both law enforcement of some, right. of so forth, you know, some, they're, they're designed to put rules in place. Why, what inspired, what was it deep down subconsciously? Oh, we're getting right to it now. What is it subconsciously that you felt compelled to be well, a correctional officer or a CHP coming from a disciplinary background or lack thereof? Yeah, I had no stability in my life, first of all. Then there was a big hiring for the state. So that kind of came into play. Now, when you say the state, you mean those for those specific jobs or just state jobs? For CHP and CO. Well, don't call them state jobs. Well, I mean, law enforcement, what you referred to. Um, There was a big hiring. Because there's like engineers that work in the state, you know. And then um, I knew that in my background, I didn't have anything that would prevent me from being able to follow through with it. So I applied to six or seven different positions. But would it be going out on a limb to say that you, probably because of maybe a lack of structure in your life. Oh, absolutely. Growing up. Yeah. You felt compelled to do that. Oh, for sure. Because that's what my buddy Eric, that's what he said he was a cop for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I looked at that as stability for sure. Order in your life. Mm Mm-hmm. But you're instituting order. That's the trick. That's not... That doesn't mean it doesn't have anything to do with your own. Personal yeah, but it life. doesn't matter. You have a set of rules that you have to follow. Do you feel like you had to? So, be, okay, I guess what I'm asking is because there was no order in your life growing up, do you felt you felt the need to institute order into other people's lives? Well, I knew at that time in my life also that I did not have any type of order. So I think I was looking for something regular, something stable, something because even in even the years that I tried to apply for those, well, not try, I did apply for those type of jobs. Um, there was absolutely no stability in my life. Right. Do you get it why I'm asking you, though? Because you're in those jobs, you're instituting stability, right? Right. Okay. 
has absolutely nothing to do with what world you come from because all you're doing is going to a job where you institute stability and guidelines for people's lives, right? Oh, yeah. But you could be coming from, com, coming from complete chaos from your own background, coming out of your own house on your way to work. You're coming from just pure chaos. Do you feel like you just have it has to manifest itself in the way that you institute people's rules and guidelines then? Oh, no, no, no. Do you follow what I'm saying, though? Yeah, I just think it was more of, I, I, would, I would have to be honest and say 70% of it was opportunity, the opportunity to do something. I get that. You know? Because well, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I know, no, I know no rule. Like, you can institute your own rules in your life without being a correctional officer. Right, yeah. I completely get what you're saying. Okay, got you. Yeah. Um, I would say 20% of it was the money you know like really the money and i think the 10 percent of it was somehow deep inside i want to be able to take care of my family if need need be you know what well, doesn't that fall into the same as like the money i mean i don't know i mean or do you feel like because you would have been armed maybe that when you got home you could protect them I mean that I definitely felt like that that I lacked that for years with the kids. Mm. I couldn't protect them from a home, from their own home. Okay. So I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. Okay, so now you've been a medical courier for the last four plus years, just over four years. Mm-hmm. So you transport donated organs and blood and stem cells and medical instruments and all kinds of stuff all over the tri-state area. Mm. Do you feel like that kind of chipped away into what your aspirations were for, for helping people? Mm, I felt like it was a job that, well, I didn't realize what it was until I really got in there. But I was even more satisfied when I got into the job that I currently have right now. Because it's stuff that I would think regular, normal people... You're talking about the one you're starting tomorrow? No, the one that I'm in right now, PCL. Oh, gotcha, okay. Okay. All right. The one that I'm starting tomorrow... I feel like not a lot of people are able to do it. And it's a subject that I'm really interested in. Okay. I want to be able to... Tell us what that is. And that's picking up dead bodies and taking them to the morgue and um, doing death certificates and talking with the families and just all the transportation for funerals and stuff. But primarily... It's picking up dead bodies. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing. Like, from hospice, from hospitals that are um, that don't have the room for them. We're going to store them. Um, also, we store, we have three refrigerator systems. And one of them is red, which, like I previously, previously said, for over, the overload of hospitals. And then the one green freezer is for funerals and then there's the blue one and I can't remember exactly what the blue one was for but I think it was I don't know if it was recent deaths or or what I can't I can't remember but I could figure out what the blue one is but I want to do it because I feel like mm, there's not a lot of people that think that that would be a fulfilling job and, and it is for to me for some reason okay what makes it fulfilling what aspect of it makes makes it fulfilling and why um well i know that i'm a little demented 
I like murder mysteries. Yeah, but what what as what specific aspect of it makes makes it fulfilling, and why? Um, what duty? Yeah, it's picking up dead that, bodies. Would that be, specific duty is what you can picking up. Yeah, yeah, that would be probably really fulfilling. Okay, and then now what? Um, probably because I have a morbid curiosity in death and the afterlife. And what happens to your body when you die? Um, what stages it goes through? Uh, what happens if you've been in a casket for a lot of years? Um, how it affects the families, friends. Um, you know, just the whole, I think just the whole, I don't everything, I guess everything about it. I don't know why it is. I. I'm interested in that, but I've even been interested in, like, cemeteries and headstones and people that have passed on in the 1800s. Well, you and I were going to those right. a decade ago. Right. But, so... I don't know what it is in my brain that says, this I really want to do. do I, you, I, I can't give a reason. I don't know where... I really don't know where it comes from. I know that it probably stems from my youth. Um... My mom was very Halloween savvy, savvy. Um, that was the only thing she really celebrated throughout the year. Um, she dressed me as the Bride of Frankenstein. She always had Stephen King books in the house, and we always watched horror movies together, even when I was of a young age. And, and when I was probably six years old, six, no, I think I was eight, I begged my mom to watch a, a murder butcher movie, and I talked her into it at eight years old. What movie was it? Uh, butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. And then the opening movie was Cat People, which was very, very sexual. I got to watch that, too. Yeah, I watched that my, when, I, when it came. Well, my, that was one of my movies my dad would watch late at night in the hotel. Yeah. And, people. Yeah, and has, it's a that's that's a classic with Nastasia Kinski. Yeah, you know her dad's Klaus Kinski. Mm-mm. Her dad is he played Nosferatu in that movie Nosferatu that that's we were watching. Crazy. So his daughter is the girl in Cat People. Yeah, she. she so it all comes full circle. And sexual. But I got to watch it. She didn't cover my eyes or anything. I just got to watch it, and then. Um, she did tell me that I was going to regret watching the Butcher Nightmare movie. And um, I did. I had, because we went to the drive-in. Um, and so it was on the big screen in the front. Um, but I could not fall asleep for uh, four to six weeks. I do remember that. I was scared. I could not could not go to sleep. But And all she told me was, I told you. I told you you wouldn't want to see it, but I was in third grade. What did I know? I would have told my kid, no, you're not watching that. But she's kind of... Yeah, you yank your kids out of Scooby-Doo. The cartoon Scooby-Doo movie. I know. I was like, nope, we're not watching this. They all looked at me, though, simultaneously and was like, as soon as the Casper ghost started floating around, they looked over at me. I was like, get your stuff. And we left. They didn't say a word. That is so Midwest. They already knew. They already knew. They didn't have to question it. Why we leaving? Nothing. They already knew. But I did did take them back to go see Avatar, or vice versa. 
what's what's bad about one and not bad about the other? Because I was really in a church and I didn't want to see anything that had to do with ghosts and stuff. I thought it would affect the way that my kids believed, I guess. I'm not really sure. I just felt like I wanted to protect them from anything that even could possibly be made fun of religion-wise or whatever. How'd that work out? It didn't matter. When it came down to it, it really didn't matter. And I'm sure they've seen it now. And I even watch way worse stuff since I'm not in church. I would never even watch a scary movie when I was in church. I would never cuss, say a bad word. I wouldn't drink alcohol. I was straight-laced. And how'd that work out? Um, I have to say that was the most peace I ever had in my life. Whoa. For sure. For sure. Because my, my home life was upside down, but my mind was full of peace. So, If you were offered the job to pick up dead bodies at that stage of your life, would you have done it? Absolutely not. No. No, because I actually fought the feeling of going and looking at cemeteries when I would kind of sometimes feel like that when I was in church. I wouldn't go and do that. But why, what, why do you feel the need to kind of sequester yourself from all that at that stage? I mean, I really don't know. You just felt like there's a moral dilemma there? Yeah, I definitely felt... It pro- I probably felt at the time that it wasn't respectful. Do you really... Do you realize you really work the extremes? Yeah. I'm either all in, overly in, or all out and completely not open-minded. Yeah, I know that about myself. Yeah. So, so you, you don't think you would... That job wouldn't... That job subconsciously wouldn't have appealed to you even though you would turn oh, it yes, down? I would. But I would think that that was the flesh feeling like that and I, I would totally not have done it. Okay, so what's the difference between then and now? I just felt like that wouldn't have lined up to what God probably wanted me to do. What's changed in your life between then and now? That, I don't, I'm not that, super in a church. That's the only reason why you decided to take this um, job? And I'm not, I'm not going to not do stuff because of a belief. Because if you think about it, I'm sure there's plenty of Christians out there that are, well, of course, pastoring like the loved ones of the deceased and doing other stuff in the area. And, I, and you know, now I realize that it's really not that big of a deal. It's just another job for whoever to take care of because somebody's got to do it, you know. And so I don't feel like I'm being disrespectful to people that have passed on or I'm... Um, thinking of ghosts and all the other stuff that we're not supposed to be really thinking of, you know, when you're in a church. You're not supposed to think of ghosts? You're not supposed to really give a lot of attention to stuff that um, is of, like, supernatural. And now that's all I do. You think it takes away from your faith? Absolutely not, but I didn't realize that then. So you think there's a potential for a hybridization of, of a situation like that? You can kind of re- I mean, I respect guess, both sides of it? Well, I don't know. I mean, how many other people want to watch Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker at eight years old? You'd have to ask people like them. That'd be a hard one to find. And I have to use, have to use a restroom. I bet we can order online. I don't know. Well, we could watch it. I just don't know. If, yeah, I don't think I just want to. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. Seamless edit. Take one. Okay.
Now we're back. So I wanted to ask you, I felt it was really important. So you, the other day you were looking at, you'd already got this job. What's the official title of the job you're starting tomorrow? Mortuary Transport. Was a specialist? That sounds right. Okay. Yeah. So alongside doing your medical career, which you still do, mm-hmm. and then you're going to be a mortuary transport specialist, mm-hmm. you were looking at a third, like a there was some other job, you're like, oh, that looks really interesting too. What well, was that? Well, um, I also applied for one that was a mortuary assistant, and that was answering phone calls yeah. and stuff. Is that what you're talking about? No, you looked at something else that said like mortuary or cemetery, something to do with mortuary or cemetery, something like a little more. I don't know. I applied like five or six days ago for a different one, but it was um, just answering phones and stuff. This um, and applying makeup and stuff, I believe, on the deceased, wasn't it? No, this is something you, you didn't apply for, but you looked at it and you're like, boy, I should, I should maybe look into this too or something. And it was something like mortuary or graveyard or some, something to do with a cemetery. Cem- it was something to do with... Oh, cem- was it um, the cleaning of headstones where people were moving the heads? I don't know. I watch, I think I looked at that by myself. Uh, it was where they were like m- moving the headstones that were tilted. They were... Putting them upright and cleaning the headstones. No, no, no. You're looking at it, it was on. I don't know. It was like a couple of days ago. I can't remember. It was like more. T- and I thought, wow, that. Was, what if you had three jobs and they were all like that, like they were all just with bodies and flesh and parts and, and blood, and organs and blood. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. That'd be really interesting. I'd never be bored. So, okay, so let's take a step back now. Mm-hmm. And something we were talking about earlier, um, off mic over dinner, was if you could be anything you wanted to be, which if you decide to be, like you just want to be a mortician or you want to be a pathologist or something like that, what would you want to be? A medical examiner. I'd rather do that more than work in a mortuary um, setting, although I would think that would be a little bit more... Um, achievable, I guess. To to just work in a mortuary setting with um, doing funerals or filing papers and answering phones and mm. dressing the deceased and, you know, talking with the families about the arrangements and stuff. So that's probably a little bit more achievable where I'm at right now with um, no science uh, degrees or anything. And what's holding you back from achieving some... Oh, for sure myself. What about, what aspect of yourself, though? I just feel like it's such a goal and a dream to become a medical examiner that it's unreachable. Right, but what what aspect of it do you feel is unreachable? Um, being able to obtain the information that I've learned not necessarily working with the dead bodies. It would be just the memorization of what I need to learn. So you'd say the academic... The schooling part. Schooling part of it. Right. Not the financial end of it, not the paying for school or... Honestly, I don't even think about that part. If I could just get myself over the hump and 
believe that I can accomplish what I would really love to do, then that would be but you can rewarding. But you can. If you just decide to do it. Even if it took you twice as long, wouldn't you still want to do it? Wouldn't it be fulfilling? Oh, absolutely. A working wouldn't be working. It'd be something I would really look forward to. Like, I'm really excited to go tomorrow and do my first day on the job training. I'm stoked. Are you going to go out and look at bodies tomorrow? Yes, I'm going to shadow somebody else that's going to be picking up all the bodies. But now the bodies aren't in, like, accidents. They haven't been in accidents. It's just they've just deceased. No, because those are... The bodies that are accidents are reserved for coroners. Like car accidents? Yes. Or suspicious activity. Um, example, murderers. Or, or maybe if there needs to be like law enforcement involved? Yeah, something that's suspicious or... Uh, yeah, like car accidents, um, homicide, mm -hmm. anything like that, we're not going to deal with. We're mostly going to deal with... Um, the deceased that are from hospice, um, anything that's, um, they're not able to store in the hospitals, uh, people that have died at home, um, funerals that don't have any space to um, store the bodies also, we grab from the funeral homes. So mo mostly, he does mostly everything. He's like an on-call. You should see his card. It's it's pretty, uh, um, it goes from like A to B or A to Z. He does funeral arrangements, embalming, autopsy, you know, the pickups. So, um, getting back to uh, the medical examiner thing, though, mm -hmm. don't you think if you were, if it was something that, you could, it was, you would be totally absorbed by, it wouldn't at that point even be learning. It would be just something you do, you'd read and, 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 and absorb through just pure fascination, right? Oh, like you would the Bible, like, cause you can, st yeah. you can quote passages from the Bible mm, right sometimes, now. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, how, and when was the last time you actually read the Bible? It's been a while, for sure. Yeah, like years. No. I read it probably two months ago. I was reading it. Oh, okay. Well, okay, but what I'm saying is you were pulling out passages left and right, you know, whenever you needed to. You know, when you and I start getting into it and debating and stuff, and you start, the path to the righteous is the Bible guide. And you start talking in tongues and stuff. Don't say that. I'm just kidding. You're not supposed to say stuff like that. I'm just, no, but, but my point is you have... You definitely were able to absorb all that because it wasn't even like you were forced to learn it. I can't it. do that with the book because I, and I don't want to get on this subject, but the Bible is the living word. It's alive. It's alive in your heart and your soul and everything. A lot of books don't do that. So it's really hard for me to, I can give you an overall. Sure. No, I get you. But, book, but setting aside just the, 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 the sheer brevity of each or what you consider to have more weight than the other. All I'm talking about is the fascination with the subject itself because you were obviously not forced to read the Bible, said you were not forced to read a medical examiner academic book, right. but because of the sheer fascination, 
the absorb like when I was. Oh, I get it. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I like think when I was true. in, yeah, when I was in high school, and I would read. All I'd do is read running magazines, right? So I knew, just because I was so fascinated by these guys and their training, I'd read about their training, and I'd read like track and field, track meet results, cross country results. And I know all these times because I was just absorbed. I was just fascinated by it. So I just kept reading it again and again because I wanted to find out. I think it's because it's something you like. And that's yes. the same with the Bible. Is that's what I'm saying. And so, I was so hungry to absorb the information that I was able to. And what's really weird is, uh, well, not, it's not weird. My grandma gave me a book on psychology and, you know, it had a whole bunch of different opinions and Darwin this and all this other stuff. But the, the main focus that I focused on was like battered women or, um, people that, um, have had like domestic violence or why kids turn out this way if they live in this kind of environment or, or because they were raised in a poor environment or the parent was, a parent wasn't in, wasn't in the home or whatever, stuff like that, like that intrigued my brain and I was so hungry for that for it that I absorbed it all. So I don't know. I might be able to absorb it on the simple fact that I want to know about it. That's you know. That's my point. That's why right. I, and that's why I think you'd be very successful at it. Hmm, that would be great. Hmm. I mean, we'll see what tomorrow entails, though. And I feel like my phone's ringing. I don't know. I don't know where your phone is. And. And you know, I think I think you shut your phone off in interviews. <laughs> All right, this is my <coughs> final question. Do you, Christina Lawson, think that we are living in a simulation? I think somebody of a higher power knows the end result. I don't think it's a simulation just because he knows and it's not predetermined because it's completely up to us if I want to draw a red crayon or draw with an orange crayon but I do think that God is all-knowing and knows the outcome what if God was wearing oculus goggles right now and he's just walking I don't even know what that is it's virtual reality it's, it's a simulation everything's a simulation he doesn't need that he already has it but God can God can you think he needs anything man-made? No, he made all that. No, he didn't make that. Man, man made that. Maybe we're maybe we're all just in a game though, and it's run by somebody like that we just consider God. You know what I mean? But that means that we don't have a choice, and we do. We choose every day how we want to be, how we, what we want to do, what we want to say. Are you sure about that? Absolutely. You never heard of deja vu? Yeah, but I think that has to do with dreams, dreaming about something particular in particular. That's that's kind of what I'm pretty much convinced of at this point. I never knew what it was before, but I feel like you either think about something when you're asleep or you dream about something when you're asleep, and then you're like, oh, this I feel like this happened before. But you probably just dreamed about it. I see. That's not a simulation. <laughs> <laughs> but can you be sure about that? I mean, no one's ever sure until you reach the other side and then you can't come back until somebody that's not there yet. Right? You've never played a you've never played a virtual reality game? 
No. Where you're just walking along and da da da. You're just controlling like If you're controlling somebody then it's then it absolutely is controlled. It's not you don't have a choice, but we obviously have choices. I don't think somebody's puppeting me to do certain things because I'm deciding in my own brain and my mind what I want, what I don't want, what I want to say, what I don't want to say, what I do, use, where I go. You ever have those moments in your day where you're just like, I've been here before, so what's going on? Yeah, I've Seems familiar. That. I covered that. Just through dreams? You think it's just virtually just... I think it's... There's times when I think of stuff that I'm not even all the way asleep yet, and I think, oh, that would probably never happen. You know, and who knows? Maybe down the road it might. So, like, if you are having a conversation, and all of a sudden that conversation's like, I've heard this before. You think that comes from a dream? I mean, if it was a simulation, then I would be correct all the time when I would have deja vu, because I would think, oh, okay, this is going to happen next, and this is going to happen next. And then when I do have deja vu, and I think, oh, they're going to say this, and that that person's going to say that, and it doesn't happen, it's not deja vu. It's just something that you thought of that was probably going to happen. I have specifically spoken out loud to somebody and said, oh, deja vu. He's going to say this and she's going to say that. And it's never happened. I've totally done that. And then I'm like, I'm lame. That never, that didn't even happen. They didn't even say anything. <laughs> you know? So it's not a simulation. Or that would have taken, that would have passed. That yeah, happened. I don't buy it either. <laughs> I'm on your side. Anyways, I'll let you know about the blood and guts and horror tomorrow. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I've got to be there at 10 a.m. So I need to wake up about 7, drink some coffee, head out about 8.30. That gives me an hour and a half commute. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm excited. Have you ever seen the movie Bringing in the Dead? No, is it good? I've never seen it. It's got Nicolas Cage. Wow, well, it's a Martin Scorsese movie. Probably not good. The same guy that did Taxi Driver, yeah, and Goodfellas, exactly. and Raging Bull. Oh, he did Goodfellas. Oh, that'd be alright. Mm-hmm. He did a movie called Bringing in the Dead. I think it's about ambulance drivers. Oh, let's watch it. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I would never be as an EMT. I have one drama mama in my life, and I can't handle anybody else's drama mama stuff. What are you talking about? Oh, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not making that connection. So my cousin was an EMT, and he said that 90% of the calls are unneeded for ambulances or or anything that had anything to do with emergency care, that a lot of them were 5150s, like crazy people. (laughs) <laughs> but they needed help. He said 90% were completely unneeded. And see, he got out of that. He yeah. did that for a long, long time. And I think Johnny did it for a little while, too, the youngest one. But he he paints. He painted with his dad now. He has his own business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then is your, is your next move then to, like, if this job takes off and you progress through it, then... And it seems to be something that works out and, like, you decide, like, make a shift. Are you going to maybe go back to school? Mm, depends on what I need. Like, I would, 
I would probably really assist with embalming right now. I would do that. Did you ever do that in high school? Did you ever do any dissecting in uh, high school when you were... No, I heard of people doing, like, Nessa did a a baby pig, I think. She did a baby pig. Um, I've heard of people doing frogs and stuff like that, but I... Nope, I didn't stay in long enough to hit that. That's probably a 12th grade thing that was... that I didn't get to do. Would you ever donate your body to science? Absolutely not. Why is that? Because I want all my... I want everything to be together when Jesus comes back. Well, what if you had an appendix burst right now? Would you just leave it in? No, but I'd take it out, but I wouldn't give it to anybody else. you just pack it back in there and keep it in a bag? No, I'd take it out and work without it. Well, so what's the difference between donating organs and uh, donating your body to science and taking your appendix? I mean, you took your tonsils out, didn't you? No, that never happened. You never took your tonsils out? No. You had anything removed? Yeah, you've had your ovaries removed. No, I have not. You got your, Oh, no, you didn't. Who are you talking to right now? Are we in this... Are you in your same session? Is this deja vu with somebody else for you? We're living, in, right we're living in a simulation. What's going on right now? We're living in a simulation. You, you're, you're stuck in a computer chip mess up right now. So if so... If, so, if on your... Uh, say you were like on your... Like, you knew you were going to die. Like, you got the word. Like, you have two days to live. And one, and then, so, just by chance, you run into, like, a a kid that, for some reason, your eyeballs, he needs eyeballs or something. You know, he needs, like, or your heart. He needs your heart. You're just, you don't, you, you're, the per, you're a match. You're an organ match. You're a blood match. And this poor kid's going to die in a day if you don't donate your, like, but am I dying or what's going on? Yeah, you have two days to live and he's got three. So are you gonna are you gonna donate your heart so that he lives? I mean I'd probably want to. Of course you would. You'd want to, would you? I just wanna make sure nobody's pulling the plug before I'm already dead. I oh. think that's what I worry about. I think that's what I worry about the most. That's my biggest fear of being a, a donor is if um, they're like, ah, oh, she's kind of, uh, uh, if so, you can pull it, you can, you can, she'll hang in there if you don't pull it, you know, I don't want them to freaking pull it and be like, all right, let's get the freaking eight organs or whatever it is, you know, if somebody just let me live for four more days, I would have came back. I, that's what I'm worried about. That's why I'm like, no, not yet. Don't take anything. I, I might be able to still live. Yeah, you don't want to go out on a machine. You got to get in shape, girl. I'm just saying. There's fat people that need my organs. Fat people got no reason. No reason to what? Live? No reason to live. No. no. They got little hands. They got You know what? Every time eyes. we talk about my weight, they think I'm probably 300 pounds, but I'm only 200 pounds. I mean, what's the deal? Uh... <laughs> Looky here. Um, girl, your shadow weighs 42 pounds. Uh, <laughs> I, just I mean, you can edit that if you want, but, or not. No, but you, yeah, okay, so you would, you would donate your heart to a kid. If you knew you were, if you knew you were, gonna, you don't want to be on a machine. Obviously, you don't want to be on a machine, so you do everything you can. No, because I would but just. But nobody, 
the reality is somebody's gonna walk in the room and trip over the cord anyway, and just you're gonna. That's how you're gonna go. That would be my family. Yeah, that I know. Would that's be what... me. I would roll over off the bed accidentally and pull my own damn plug. That that's exactly what, how I I'm probably gonna die. You know, if you donate your body to uh, like a university, they will. Uh, I believe they cremate the remains and then and then give it to you in a in a in an urn. Yeah, I'd like to know all the specs before I even decide to do something like that. Well, the benefit is like the university gets a you know somebody that probably has you know decent organs, not not like withered away like a, a like a eighty year old person. Yeah, or a somebody that died of cancer, or somebody that had I don't know who knows, but then um, you get uh, well, people are doing it because it's inexpensive too. Like right. they're doing it for the money, like they're the, or the to save the expense. Right. So just I don't know. Um, and then the, and then the, I mean, if you think of it in a different way, like if my kid need it, my kid needed it, like I do it in a heartbeat. No, oh, for sure. But because you don't have love for strangers, sometimes as deep as it is for your kids, you know, you almost want to. Or you don't want to do it. Well, but when you when you think like just the aspect of your fellow your fellow human being, you know, it's just like you're not you can't do anything with it. You're gone. You're long gone. You know, and it's like this is gonna. Who knows? You may be saving the life of somebody that's gonna cure cancer, or you know, you never. I mean, are you a donor? You're not a donor. I haven't just because I didn't want to do the paperwork, but I would donate. My organs, yeah, yeah, but nobody knows that. So when you die, they're just gonna keep you, all your parts. I'll tell you before I kick. I say, hey, oh yeah, I got twenty minutes left before I die, so you can have my organs, and then I'll just write it down on like a sheet of paper or something. But I've I've heard back that, of an envelope. I've heard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that people that have gotten hearts from other people that they're they change. They're they have like different interests. They, um, like. I watched on Unsolved Mysteries. What do you mean they got? Di- what do you mean? Like, because so like this one, this one lady, she was just this um, um, mother of like four, and she was married and everything, and um, like she needed a heart transplant or something, and she ended up getting a heart transplant, and then she ended up being somebody totally different. She was more of like a um, dominant female, and she went back to college, and she got this job and everything, and her husband was so offended by it that he ended up leaving her and everything but she um she said that like all her desires had changed all like she started like in um like to play the piano and just weird stuff like that and so that interests me like what part like how much of my body does 40 percent decide like okay i like to drink wine does 40 percent do you need 40 percent of my body to decide if i put it in somebody else that you might like wine too because you got 40 percent of my body or does it need 60? Does it only need a heart? Or just my brain? Like, Well, maybe it's the mere fact that she had... Was it a heart transplant, you said? Yeah, she had a heart transplant. And well, maybe just the, just the whole... Just the overwhelming just second chance you get. You're like, I cannot wait. I've been given a second opportunity. She explained that it had nothing to do with that. She just had different desires when, after she came out of the hospital. She wanted to play piano. She was interested in going back to school, you know. And, and, <laughs> and her husband's was, like, 
Oh, this is horrible. I needed you to be more submissive and not do anything. Yeah, he divorced Ugh. her. I think well, I think she came out ahead on that one. Then. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could find it and you can watch it. It was super interesting. Huh. Well, you know, you never know. Yeah, that could very well be... I need a new phone. Yep. I need to go and get another phone. Yeah. I'm super broke. You and Jake, you guys are so good with your phones. Well. Jake's looks like yours. Looks brand new. I wish it was. Oh, his doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't drop it either. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you gotta do. Yeah, I need a new phone. Anyways. Anyways, I'll I'll let you know to be continued what happens tomorrow. The only thing I can't handle is... Well, I don't, I prefer not to be around shit, human shit, but I would say the worst would be spit and throw up. <sighs> Can't do spit and throw up. So if there's a lot of spit and throw up, I don't know. I probably would rather help him bomb a, a body than go pick him up. How are they going to, okay, do you, because you're going to eventually go out on your own, what are you going to use to hoist these bodies up? I have to do it on my own. So in the hospitals, they have this bed, I guess all the beds have this air pressure in the beds the hospital beds and what they do is they pump it up and you grab the sheet and then you put well you push the um the gurney next to the bed you know the same height and you just pull them with the sheet because it's um air it's um like air pressed or something he was explaining that you could just pull them pull them right on over now anybody that's over 500 500 pounds or over we don't deal with but he said that um they, people lie because this, the county doesn't want to deal with them. So they'll call and say, oh, he's 480 pounds, when really he's like 550. So you'll have a gurney? Yes. We're going to have a gurney in the van. Okay. So what if, like, you've... Wow. So if you got to go to a hospice situation at somebody's home, mm-hmm. and they're in bed, how... That, I mean, are you going to have, like, the relatives? Can the relatives or the people, the family, can I mean, they I'm help? Not sure are they I allowed? Talk about it, but I, I think that I, I know me. I will do everything I can to slightly hint that I need help. I know me. Because if you've got you to pull somebody off the toilet, mm-hmm. that's, that's going to be. Right. Do they give you a hazmat suit or anything like that? See, I don't know. And I don't know if I'm supposed to clean them up or not clean them up because of, I mean, let's say that the person died from arsenic poisoning and I clean them all up and everything, you know, like, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Like, just leave them the way, see, I'm going to find that out tomorrow. I'm going to ask the person that's taking me and be like, you know, do we clean them up? Do we not clean them up? Do, Do we leave the vomit in their mouth? Like, or don't, or, you know. I, I, I don't know. Honestly, I have a lot of questions that I'm just going to have to figure out tomorrow. You're going to be sitting next to some dude in a van. He's going to be like chomping on a big like cold hey, cut combo. Just like, that's ah, us first time, huh? Hey, well, he did tell me that somebody was going down to Riverside and that it paid a lot of money just to go down there and pick up somebody from Riverside. That's down south from Sacramento. Well, I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, that's Better. a good chunk of change. Mm-hmm. But that's a full, that's like a, oh man, that's wild. That's going to be interesting. You're yeah, going to have to. not fall asleep when I'm driving. Yeah, for sure. And I always already feel like that right now. You got to shower every night when you get home. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah, I'll have to change my... Unless I got showers there. I can't go, I can't go three to five days anymore with no showers. It sucks. What are, and what it... This, this is where we'll end off. What? Where, when you, when you came back from the interview, what did you say? What did dead bodies smell like? They smell like sweet mold. Weird. Super weird. Super weird. Well, there you have it, folks. The next endeavor. Never a dull moment around the old casa, if you know what I mean. So. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. See what shakes loose. Throw it against the wall. See what sticks. We'll stuff it down the toilet. See if it flushes. And we'll get back to you. Until then, I'll talk at you later. Arrivederci, babies.